leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. Good morning. It is another special edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity Mondays with Dr. Dan. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter here helping wonderful Awesome leaders hire cybersecurity talent and helping cybersecurity talent get into amazing opportunities. My co-host is back two weeks oh. in a row. Say hi to everybody, Chris. Hey, everyone. And we are here with the infamous Dr. Dan. This is now his show. Dan Schaefer. Say hi to everybody, Dan. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? Hope everybody did well over the holidays. Stay safe. Um, yes. That's that's where we are. So where do we go? Where do we go? So Dan, I know you've been talking to folks over the past few weeks. And um, I think we're at week 13 or 14 here in the middle of this pandemic. And some of the folks that you've been talking to over the weeks have really shared different challenges that they've been having from a leadership perspective, from a communications perspective, all these different perspectives. Which, le which leads us to say that the topic for today is it's not about cybersecurity. So, so let me give you a great example. I have a very good friend of mine who's a diamond dealer. Loose Diamonds, he was in Chicago, and he was asked by a jewelry convention to come and speak to them about selling diamonds. And uh, he said to me, what do you think I should term the, uh, put a title on a presentation? I said, why don't you say that it's not about diamonds? Because at the end of the day, it wasn't about the diamonds. It was about the relationship that salespeople had with people who walked into their stores. I, I found that with professional athletes, you know, people would say, why would uh, an athlete hire somebody who never played football? Uh, because it's not, it wasn't about the football. It was about the other things that got in the way of somebody's performance. So there are two situations, two scenarios that people run into. One is they become aware that there are obstacles. There could be obstacles placed in their way moving forward. Uh, and they search around for some action to take to minimize that or eliminate that completely. And there are other people who wander aimlessly into stuff and never even know something's going on. It's like, walk, like a kid walking into traffic. So, so the point is, is that, you know, uh, when, when, uh, when, when somebody is in cyber, you know, I mean, I, I know virtually nothing about cybersecurity except the dynamics that go on interpersonally with somebody who works with, uh, is in a company providing cybersecurity services. Uh, I just got off a phone with somebody today who, who does all kinds of stuff about that, but that wasn't why he called me, uh, you know, you can either go into a job uh, preparing to compete like an athlete prepares to compete, or 
be prepared and be nimble in case you have to change from one position to another. But uh, today it's it's different, and it's never too, too it's never the same. That's why what I deal with people, I deal with individuals. You know, it's not. You know, I have I've talked about this for weeks now. I have a risk assessment that will show an individual every single place they can screw up going forward. Having nothing to do with cybersecurity, I don't care what the field is. I use this with Hewlett Packard. I've used this with professional athletes. I've used this with college kids. But the point is, it's just how do you make sure that if you're going to put all your effort into something, you work on your A game constantly, that when you get into a situation, you, you don't want to turn around and go, oops, I made a mistake. And that's why what we've been talking about really is what I think everybody on this call does today. I think Chris is a cybersecurity expert. He sells mistakes to people. He tells them the stuff he will not let them do if they retain him. Same thing with recruiting. I mean, you could, you, you know, you, you could go into the New York Times wanted ads or something, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna be nearly as successful. Nor do you have the time not to call somebody like Renee, call Renee. So the point is, is that it really comes. It, it's a different perspective on what's going on today. Yep, absolutely. So, Dan, when these people that, um, you know, when you work with your athletes and, and that, that diamond dealer was working with those other folks and you're working with people from different, um, you know, the CEOs and the C, all the C-suite executives and things like that, when they bring you on, like, what are they thinking? What is it that, and, and I know you say to sell mistakes, right? What's that trigger point where they're like, I can't not work with Dan. Kind of like when, for me, it's, oh, we need to hire people. We can't not work with Renee. The, 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 the trigger point, I don't, I really wish I knew because I would be, I would be a lot busier because there's something that clicks somebody or something says, you know what? I, when I say to somebody, uh, take me out to 2025. Everybody on the call. Now imagine that there's only two people on this call, you, the person who's listening, and me. And I say, I'm going to give you a magic wand and you're going to wave it. And you're going to be out in um, you're going to be out in 2025. Tell me what that looks like. This is not goal setting now. That's traditional. You know, set goals week to week, month to month, year to year. This is different. You dream 2025. That starts to pull in some invisible dynamics that work with athletes. Anybody on this call who's ever played a sport knows that they got to the point where they didn't even think about what they were doing. They just reacted. And uh, they've often gotten to places in their life that they dreamed about as a kid. Uh, and you don't know how you get there, but that's the subconscious mind taking over and helping you. So when you have all these things lined up and you have a, an opportunity to invest in yourself what gets in the way of investing in yourself i mean it's easy i'll give you a very quick example we've talked about uh remote management moving from a coaching culture a management culture to a coaching culture so i worked with a law firm of litigators what i did is i helped these folks prepare witnesses and present effectively to a jury so that 
the language they use is powerful and memorable and they would win. So the one of the head partners said to me, he said, you know, don't tell me about running a law firm because uh, I'm a, uh, he says, you're not a lawyer. And I said, okay. So I helped him. I talked to him about this moving from a management culture to a coaching culture. And he called me up and he said to me, you know, this is about a year and a half after this conversation. He said to me, I have to call you. I had to tell you, I just saved 20 million in 20 minutes. I said, how are you able to do that? He said, our biggest client had, uh, had a, a $750,000 judgment that was easy for us to win. I assigned this case to one of my lawyers. She came in and told me how she was going to handle it because that's the way we started. They would tell me how you're going to handle this case. And he said, in about two minutes, I knew we were going to lose it because she was not going in the right direction. So I was able to back off, restructure the whole thing, and get it set. But traditionally, they let that attorney go out, try the case, and if she lost it, then come back and say, uh, you know, uh, you, you criticize her or do whatever she needs. But, you know, this is, this is for a, a $750,000 case. The people on this call are dealing with millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. They're responsible for millions and millions and millions of dollars. Nobody's, you know, attacking a firm for $750,000. And so, you know, the odds are, the odds are tremendous, you know, uh, for a company not to look to build the right cybersecurity team. They have to be nuts. But, you know, I'm sure what happens is, is that as I wind up talking to people, a lot of people don't know what's going on. They, they don't really know the threat that they're facing. You know, so sending somebody out to pitch business and not have them prepared, it's bizarre. But it happens all the time. So that's where winning and losing comes in. People who really want to win will do whatever they can to win. Take every advantage, level a playing field, take every opportunity, and put it into their A game. Because, you know, one of these things is when you learn something, particularly this stuff that I do with people and individuals, once you have it internalized, you don't have to go back and take it over again. You don't have to think about it over again. You got it. That's why when I put it, go ahead, Chris. Did you say something? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, so do you think the same tactics apply at a business level? So rather than having them focus on what to do to secure the organization, have them focus on what to do to make the business successful in five years. So have that same vision from the organizational level. Absolutely. It certainly does. Because what ha- you see, Everybody today who's in sales, whatever they're trying to sell, whether it's cybersecurity services or uh, whatever it is, they're trying to close somebody in 2020. So I can't tell you how many times people would say to me, and Renee and I have talked about this for years, people say, how do I effectively close the sale? I said, well, you can't ask me because I don't close any. They said, what do you mean you don't close any? I said, people close themselves. They listen to this and they say, you know what? Something's going on here. It's going to give me an edge. I haven't heard about this with anybody else. 
I haven't heard about it from somebody else. So if I want to be different than everybody else in, in, in a marketplace, then I have to do something different. I heard a statement a couple of months ago. I said, people have to realize that whatever you did to get yourself to where you are today is not going to work to get you to where you want to be in the future. So, you know, and, and I, what I've offered on this is, uh, is to say to people, just call me and say to me, I heard you talk about this. Tell me what you're talking about. And I would, my response is going to be, you tell me what you need to have happen right now that's not happening. I'm looking at two or three positions. I'm negotiating two or three positions in different companies. What do I need to be looking at? Take all your cybersecurity skills and put them on the side. Who are you going to be dealing with? Where do you want to be in a company? What does the organizational chart look like? Uh, how are you going to move up within that situation? Who's in the way? Who's not in the way? Renee, have de- Renee and I have dealt with this since, since we we worked together for years and years and years. We look at people who were in a way and, and the blockers, we spent time just looking at blockers in, in organizations. Who's, who's going to block you? Who's threatened by you? So, it, you know, so and it's a strategy. I'm on my soapbox this morning. <laughs> You're on a soapbox. You're a little bit choppy today. Usually it's me. <laughs> today you're going in and out a little bit. I don't know if it's the weather out there in Long okay. Island. Um, but I, you brought up a good point about blockers and, and people being threatened. And I think that some of the things that people um, don't fully understand, and this is something that you had, had told me in the past, is depending on the environment, that I could seem threatening to people and people may not, you know, and I was like, who me? <laughs> Chris, don't laugh. I'm a gem. I'm a flower. I, I know it's true, though. <laughs> I'm a flower. What do you mean? <laughs> so um, I think that, you know, some people may not fully understand or see that side of themselves. And 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 last week, Sarah Moffitt was on here talking about, or a couple of weeks ago, when she talks about leadership as a whole, you know, we talk about, and, and Dan, you're, you know, you work with professional athletes. So she said, you know, with a professional athlete, if it's, you know, pick bass, pick any basketball player, right? LeBron James. Oh, you know, you can't your 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 uh, your wrist. Like if you pull it back further this way, it's gonna get the ball in the in the hoop. You know, a certain way that stuff that he can't see. He himself, LeBron, cannot watch himself from behind himself and see his wrist, but the coach can see that. You know, the person that has your back can see that. And some of the things that she brought up is some, you know, when you talk about in particular, like blockers and when you talk about a person um, being threatening to people and not even realizing that they're threatening to people is a really, I think that's like such a gap. It was such a gap for me. Um, So Dan, I would love for you to, to, to really expand on that and kind of share some, um, you know, some of the work that you've done with some of your clients. I mean, you don't have to put me on blast, but <laughs> your different clients out there, you know, that deal with blockers and challenges like this in the workplace. I, I can tell you a story about a, a person who was in an organization uh, and and uh, she was uh, she she was introduced to some people who were running this organization. 
And they said to her, we want you to come over with us. We want you to work with us. Uh, we feel you're extraordinarily valuable. And uh, she went back to her supervisor and said, you know, uh, I'm going to post for this position. And uh, the supervisor posted for the position the same day she posted for it and wrote her a negative review. And that person sent me, she was incensed. She said, you should see this terrible review. So I looked at the review. Uh, I said, I would take that review. That's the best referral you've ever gotten for the people who want to hire you because you are everything that they don't have that they need. But you don't know that. And those people don't know that. They knew it. So, you know, you have to watch your, you have to watch your back. You know, I, I compare it to, to, to you know, like football. Uh, you, you know, a lot of what I dealt with when I dealt with my quarterbacks was uh, not what they did with their training, personal training, because they were all top trained. They all took the A game to the field. The point is, what did they bring on the field that didn't belong there? And so what they bring on the field that didn't belong there was emotion, uh, people who would uh, uh, deal having to deal with the media, uh, having to deal with other situations. So it's to recognize when you step over the white line, what are you taking with you? But it's looking at an environment. When you look at an organizational chart, people look at titles, president, vice president, chairman, whatever. But you want to start to think about who those people are. I mean, I told a story the other day. I had a guy who, uh, by the way, if anybody here is interested and likes golf and knows anybody who plays golf, send me an email. Just check out the website, golfinthemindgame.com, and see what comes up. But a guy called me and said, I want to knock strokes off my game. And... uh, he said, will you meet me in my office? I said, sure. So I went into his office. I sent him all my survey material. He sent me a check. He said, will you meet me at the office? So I got into the office. We're walking through the office, and he's moving his hands. And I always said, I can't wait with all the people who were sitting there. He said, to, uh, uh, to, um, to play this weekend. So when we got into his office, he closed the door. He pushed all the golf stuff off the table, and he said to me, this isn't about golf. He said, I'm in the middle of one of the biggest mergers and acquisitions going on in this country today. I've got to persuade three guys that I'm the guy to run this company. So what we had to do is we had to profile those people. Who are they? What do they want to have happen? How do they speak? What do they talk about? What were their concerns? What was their, what was going to make them look good and what was not going to make them look good? And we put those specifically designed conversations with people that, that he would have. So he got the position. And then we went out to dinner. I said, do you know anybody else in the same position as you? He said, absolutely. I said, will you refer me? He says, no. He says, I can't tell anybody about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and again, if, if, you're, if you're a top cybersecurity guy in a company, uh, you know, uh, and because today conversion and poaching is going on like crazy all over the place, you know, you're... CEO, the guy who runs your company, may not want to let anybody know you're there. I mean, really, how many of you operate under the radar? I, I'm under the radar all the time. How about you guys? You know, and why are you under the radar? So it, it requires somebody with a different view. What I often do is say to somebody, 
let me look at your organizational chart. Tell me about these different people that you have to deal with on a regular basis. And if you want to be effective in dealing with them, if dealing with them or your board or your chairman is going to get you where you want to go, then you may have to come up with a different way to do that. And that's what I help people do. So the yeah. question comes back to, do you go in and do you make this effort or don't you? I don't want somebody coming out of a meeting and going, oh, I should have done this sooner. Or I should have talked to Dan before I went into the meeting. Because many people only get one shot. They don't get more than one shot. Now, it's not like a football game where you have four quarters and numerous downs to win a game. It's you get one shot at an interview sometimes. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to say? How do you how do you present yourself? And do you and you know we, we somebody's brought up this concept about selling mistakes. Let me read this. What this one question is: How can I approach selling mistakes without being obsessed about if I am making people feeling bad, or if I'm being too sensitive? It has nothing to do because you're not talking about the people you you're talking to. You're talking about somebody else. The concept of selling mistakes is simple. You make a list of all the mistakes that your clients have made before they became your client and how much those mistakes cost them in money, emotion, and reputation. Everybody else but you is out selling solutions. I have cybersecurity solutions. You come to somebody and say, listen, I have a list of mistakes. That's just how you make. And people will think about it. So you're approaching it from really what people don't want to have happen. People yeah. don't want to make mistakes. Right. But ma- make sure that you're not selling the, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Um, make sure that you're you're saying this is what could happen, but you don't wanna you don't wanna sell fear. I think no. there, there's a there's a clear distinction between selling a mistake and selling fear. Absolutely. Because all you're, you're not talking about anybody you're in front of. You're not talking about anything other than people that you've worked with in the past. And you can say, this is what happened to them. You have the choice to let it happen to you or not. Because there is an invisible dynamic, Chris, that takes place with everybody that you work with. It's called short-term discomfort versus long-term regret. I may not want to deal with Chris now. I may not want to hire Chris now or retain him. But I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want to be in 2025 in my dream place looking backward and and uh, wishing I had hired Chris. Yep. And Danielle asked about being your own blocker. Absolutely, you could be your own blocker. Yeah. I and mean, then what? What? No, Ben says I'm always my own biggest blocker. Well, I have two words to help him take care of that. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point is, is but to know when it's happening. Yeah. yeah. Self-awareness is critical. I spoke to a professional athlete. He was my client for a long time. I said, what do you want to have happen? He said, I want to increase my concentration. I said, okay. I said, what gets in the way of your concentration? He said, I get distracted. I said, okay. So we started to look at what distracts an individual. 
You can look at like what distracts you today. What distracts you to get in your way? And then he said, what distracts me most is the way I talk to myself. And so we needed to find a way to listen, to have him listen to how he talks. And so I would encourage everybody on this call today to listen to what you say to yourself when you overhear yourself talking to yourself. What, do you, what kind of language are you using? What are you saying? When does it happen? Who's around? What kind of environment are you in? And one understanding that those kind of things will, will throw, will derail you, uh, you need to be able to focus and concentrate immediately. I mean, I, I have that with, uh, with my hockey players. I worked with hockey goaltenders for 25 years. I said to one guy, and I've used this example before, was one of the best. I said to him, what's it like when you perform at your best? Everybody can think about that. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? When you're performing at your best. And he said to me, well, when I'm performing my best, I don't hear any crowds in a huge stadium. Uh, I, I, the, the game moves very, very slowly for me. Time slows down. He says, and the puck becomes the size of a dinner plate. He says, anytime one of those three things change, I know I'm losing my concentration. And I said, and so what do you do then? He said, I hope that it comes back. I had hope is not a strategy. You need something to do to get it back. A, you have to know when you're losing your concentration, and then you have to want to bring it back, and you need a way to bring it back. That's what I hope people do. And well, we say we say that in cybersecurity all the time. Hope hope that the attackers won't get in is not a strategy. Hope that they won't target you is not a strategy. No, of course not. But you know, you see, one of the things that I find it happens is that. Everybody on this call knows way more than they know that they know. Unless you know what you know, you can't help somebody else who you're trying to mentor or move up within a company to be more effective. So you can't teach somebody what you don't know that you know. So how do you how do you do that? How do you make that work? Right. Yeah. So Ben says, stop it. At, oh, no. Ben said that you said stop it. So he's laughing when you told him stop it. <laughs> when, when he said he's his biggest blocker. And, yeah. you, and Dan, you turned around. You said stop it. Um, but I do want to shout some people out have been making comments. They're always here. Amazing. Ben, as usual. Um, Gina. She's Gina King's always on here. Jo George Obi as you. You got to make sure that I can pronounce your names, folks. <laughs> and then Wally Uden and um, Yamara. These are folks that are co they come all the time. Danielle Goodwin. Hi, Danielle. They come out here all the time and they are always engaged and asking questions and we really appreciate it. Um, so Anne Fleming has a couple questions too, and she wants to know how can you, Fleming Sweeney, how can you verify a hiring agent in this time of pandemic and remote work? Um, and she also adds in, are you being a blocker or suspicious of scam jobs? I could, I could answer to start. Um, and then, go ahead, Dan, you, you go ahead and then I'll follow up. Tell me the question again. She wants to know how can you verify a hiring agent in this time of pandemic and remote work? 
And then she wants to know, is she being a blocker or is she being suspicious of scams? But I, well, I don't think that in this case, go ahead, Dan, you go ahead. No, I, first of all, I have to tell everybody, honor your own intuition. You know, if you feel you're dealing with somebody who's a scammer or you're not getting the right information, then you have to be very careful. The questions about hiring and interviewing that, I think I have to go back to Renee because Renee's been doing this for years with people. Uh, but again, I just had a client who went in for an interview and uh, we prepared for the interview. Uh, he was interviewing five with five or six people. We profiled each one of those people about who they were, what their position was, what they were likely to have happened, the length of their time in the company. Was he going to threaten them, not, not threaten them? You don't know. Yep. But the point was is that when it came to the questions, I said to him, my suspicion is that for the, for the person that you've identified, she is going to ask you these questions. It came about six questions. And uh, he said to me, this is absolutely amazing. He said, he asked me every question you asked me. But I asked him to ask. And when he got up to the higher levels within the company and, and the, the, the top people, he said to me, what do you think they're going to ask me? I said, I think you should be interviewing them. If you're a top cybersecurity professional, they need you. You need to be making sure they're asking you the right questions. So you have to interview them. Yeah. They want it. So if you said to somebody, I'm going to give you a magic wand, wave it, and you're in 2025, tell me what this company looks like in 2025. Psychologically, you're already out of 2020. Now they're thinking 2025. Well, why do you want to know that? Because you want to know what you're going to be protecting them from. What's, how did they, and I saw this work with HP people for years before the merge with Compact. I worked with about 80 to 90 top executives in HP, and every one of them established their own consulting company and thought about themselves differently and promoted themselves differently and dealt with. So basically, they were never at want for a job they had people were chasing them yeah and i think that's the mindset when you set up like dan you always tell people even if you don't have a um a consulting company because many 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 in the cybersecurity industry do even when you don't have one you set up your own you look at yourself as a ceo of your own consulting company even if you're a full-time employee inside of an organization regardless of what you truly, you know, if you're, if you have a consulting company for real, you know, that's a different, that's an additional um, piece of the puzzle, but each individual person, even if you're coming out of high school, if you're in high school, if you're in middle school, like my son in elementary school, be the CEO of your own company. And you just start thinking differently because every decision is a business decision. And um, I think that's so powerful that you said that. I want to make a comment, though, to Anne. She says, I've been contacted by a hiring agent who claims to be with a Greek company. His info is not correct about the company. He used a picture of a founder of the company as his own on Skype. Um, yeah, this just sounds super scam scamish, Anne. Mm -hmm. um, and then she says he just sent me a malicious attachment. I mean, this is this I would completely just get away from this person. 
Um, walk, run, don't walk away. Exactly. Exactly. And like to Dan's point, trust your intuition. If people are shady, if you can't, you know, especially during this time when people are vulnerable, looking for opportunities and you have these pop-up agencies and pop-up individuals, I mean, I, we, I think we all get it as a whole. Like I get tons of, I have to kind of vet through people who want to connect with me, even on LinkedIn, um, posing as other recruiters, posing as, you know, cybersecurity people, and then they're not connected to anyone. And Chris and I have thousands, tens of thousands of connections. We're probably at each about 20 grant, 20,000 connections. And if you're in security and you're not connected to any of us, then something is kind of weird. So yes, definitely run for the hills on that one, Ann. Um, Terry chimed in. He said, absolutely. I think Dan, he was, he was responding. I think Terry's responding to the point that you made about interviewing the company. And right. we've been talking about that recently a lot since this is a period of time where people are, a lot of people are in transition. And um, Jason Blanchard from Black Hills was on with us a couple of weeks ago. And he said he he makes a list of the questions um, in that when they, the company's like, do you have any questions? And, then, <laughs> you know, he has that list there. Um, and Dan is pretty much saying the same thing. I think collectively folks are saying, uh, more or less the same thing. Definitely, we should be interviewing the companies for sure. The interview, the leaders in the companies to really see if it's the right fit. Like nobody wants to be in a situation and then six months later, you're looking for another situation. That's never good. Wow. But it's, all, it's, also, it's also trying to get what their sensibility is. Mm -hmm. I mean, when somebody, if you're replacing somebody, where did they go and why did they leave? Great question. <laughs> Yeah. Now, are they are they going to answer that question? Probably not. And and there's ways to ask that question without it coming off across as where they'll put themselves in hot water. You could ask, um, was the last person promoted? And what if they say yes then it's a better thing than no um they left or like it, it puts them in a it puts the company in a better position to promote themselves if they have been promoting from within um to answer that question but um i, I think you have when you ask that question you have to find tactful ways of asking it uh sometimes being blunt might not help you <laughs> no no and it depends who you're talking to that, that, that's why a person's unconscious communication style becomes important because they either can turn it on and turn it off. But you have to know that happens. I mean, some people can just come across very abusively when they don't mean to be, when they don't intend to be. And yeah. it depends who you're talking to. And those, that's another area, Dan, to your, you know, talking about the communication style, um, you know, coming off abrasive when you don't even realize that this is the way you may be coming off um, or coming off, you know, coming off like intimidating when you're not even realizing that that's the way you're coming off and having someone to kind of say, hey, or point these things out so that you're more self-aware and you understand the way you show up in an interview or the way you show up at work or to your staff or your team or your, you know, your leaders. Um, and help with those blind spots, you know, that's, that, that's definitely, 
a key in what you've been doing with a number of people over the years. I'm, I'm thinking about a scenario with, you know, one particular company where there's always a revolving door, you know, like the CISOs just come and go and come and go and come and go like every year or twice a year, you have a new CISO. And the question is, you know, the people who are, are you interviewing the company? You know, had you asked the, you know, the, the person sitting in that chair that will eventually end up in that spot, the question would be, you know, did you see what happened to the last seven people in the past seven years? <laughs> right. You know? I, I, first of all, I don't think that people realize how much it costs them when somebody leaves. A lot. I, I think that, that the number is what? One, 1. 1.5 to two, two times their annual salary. I, I heard it higher than that, five, four to five times higher. Yeah. Because what happens is when, when a person leaves and a new person comes in, everybody around him has to withdraw themselves in their position to support this person, ramp them up. So it, it becomes, and then it's got to be troubling to people on the top. And Renee have dealt, and I have dealt with situations where the people at the very top who needed these support people underneath them realized that they were they were uh, eroded and they were leaving and they were, they were leaving for a variety of reasons for real, really because of poor management poor management strategies but i spoke to somebody two days ago who was talking about going interviewing somebody i said who are you going to be interviewing he said well the person has been in this position for 15 years in this company and uh and i said you have to find out whether she's going to retire or looking to retire, see what she wants. You may, she may see you as the person who's going to replace her, and that may be not what she wants. Right. Yep. Danielle asked the question. I she or Danielle said, "I like the question was the last was the last person hired from within." That's what Chris just talked about. And yeah, says, yeah. "I always ask why is this position available, and how long have people stayed with the company?" Great question, Anne. And then um, another person here says, I like the question, why is the role open? And Terry says, possible question, what do you expect to accomplish by filling this position? Yeah. But that brings them back to, now the person you're talking to may not be in a decision-making capacity to accomplish anything other than to just interview you. You know, if you're talking to the top person in the company, it's a whole different story. Because I found what was happening with my guys from Hewlett-Packard was that uh, people saw them as coming in to cover their back, to make them look good, to help them with their job, to help them with where they wanted to move. And I think that that's, that becomes important, to know what, what the, how the person perceives your role. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For because sure. Sometimes people get somebody comes in and they'll... They're saying, you know, I'm going to hire you for this particular role in the company. But what I'm really thinking about is since I'm planning to leave, I want to take you with me. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Dan. So I want to, we're almost coming up on a 40-minute mark. Um, is there anything that you want to wrap up with at this time? This has been really, really helpful. Tons of comments and questions and conversation here. 
um, around this topic. It's so timely right now in the middle of COVID and all these different transitions that are happening. Is there anything that you want to leave leave the folks with today? I, I would say just go on my website, 888fasttrack.com. If you think that what's in that program would be helpful to you, please call me because people are starting to register now and I don't want it to shut out. But if you also are in a company that has a group of people and they want to put them in because it ramps them up, basically it takes a whole lot of training, development, and psychology off your plate and puts it onto me. Uh, what we did with with uh, with a, a global cosmetic company is they had 10, 12, uh, 12 salespeople internationally. We got them all together. I went through that whole list of everything that's on that, that 888 program. And I said to them, they said, well, what's your program? I said, I don't have a program. I said, you're going to tell me what you need to have happen next. Which of these items are you going to you need to use next week and let's let's deal with that and that's what we did we set up a system where people were designing their own program because keep in mind nothing that either comes back to our title when you're talking to me you're not talking about cybersecurity. you're talking about the psychology of selling cybersecurity. uh the the need to be able to persuade and influence some person that you're different than somebody else you are yeah. in fact in the blue ocean where everybody else is in the red ocean where you have no competition. Correct. I want to just add that when Dan talks about selling, it's it's internal as well. So he's been working with internal employees selling across and inside their organizations. It's not only like a cybersecurity company per se selling to a, a corporation or an organization. It is cybersecurity talent within, you know, being able to, sell their their projects sell you know sell your project up the stream across to other business lines like kind of explain to these other to the business why they need this particular you know why they should take your advice why they should move forward with whatever program you have so when he says when he says um when he says internal um i mean selling it's internal as well so someone's asking for your website i'm going to post it here um, okay. ben, ben put it up too. Thank you, folks. <laughs> <laughs> See, so, you know the the interesting thing is is that that when people are looking at these situations, they're all different, but they're flexible, and it comes back to an individual. What do you want to have happen right now that's not happening? So the easiest way to find this out is to pick the phone up, give me a call, give me a call. Let's talk about it. It may not be, and there's no cost to conf- you know, the initial call to call me. Pick the phone up and call. Yep. It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Dan loves it. He loves hearing these stories. Actually, quite frankly, and it's it's so funny. Um, you know, people will text me or call me behind the scenes, and they're like, "Hey, I'm like, just text Dan. Like he's." He's, he's there. He's, you know, he'll answer your questions, see if you, if it makes sense for you guys, you know, if whatever questions you have, if you're in the middle of interviewing right now, it's a great time to connect with him. Um, he's worked with so many leaders. Point of text, 
to include your name because when I just get the number, I'm not talking to. <laughs> yes, include your name in a text. Um, if you want his number directly, I mean, it's on the website, but you could also reach out to me too. I'll give you the number and reach out because Dan has helped so many cybersecurity leaders and um, professionals as a whole in this space, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously he talks about his C-suite, the CEOs, the, the the professional athletes, all the other different people. But right now he's working with, you know, individual contributor cybersecurity professionals, um, you know, again, who want to be at the top of their game. So reach out to Dan. Dan, anything else before we go? That's about all. Everybody just stay safe. Stay safe, everyone. Thanks, Dan. See everybody tomorrow. Yeah, see you next week. Bye, everyone. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.